good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Have you ever had one of those days where you get up early and you feel good and you think everything's right and you get to church and you realize you're an hour early? Well, that happened to me and Becky today. And so I got up and I thought we was just moving just fine and just rolled out the door and got here and Becky's sitting around and I'm just ginning around doing what I do and Becky's like, where is everybody? I said, baby, I don't know. And I looked up at the clock and it said 720. So we was just a little bit early today. So I've already preached this sermon and gone home and come back and now I'm ready to preach it again. I didn't leave, by the way. I'm just kidding. I do want to say, though, that this is the, the 4th of July weekend. And there's a lot of celebrations that are going to be taking place and a lot of people are going to be doing things and a lot of people are going to be having a lot of fun this weekend. So before anything, those of you that are online and those of you here, be careful. Just watch for the other guy and you guys protect yourselves and watch out and have a good time. I read a book called The Light and the Glory. And the title of that book sounds like not what it actually is. It's actually an account of the birth of our nation. In the light and the glory, it tells the true story of how this country was founded and, and how that the reasons that we learn in our history book that are here today that our children are learning and that we even learned are not accurate accounts. And so when we go back and we look at this, and this is not a political thing, you guys know me, but there's, this country was founded on the belief in God. This country was founded because people got tired of being told that they could not worship God the way they wanted to worship God. And so they came here and hoped to find a new place. And if you read the historical documents and you start looking at what actually happened, that when they got here, that they were actually blown off course and they had to go into a certain point. And we all know, you know, the Columbus thing and that Columbus discovered America. But there were people who had been to the Americas and been back. And there was an Indian by the name of Squanto. And we're talking about the provision of God here. And I want you guys to know something. Squanto was captured and he was taken back to England. He and another Native American. And they were brought back to England and they were taught English. Well, Squanto and his friend hid on a ship and they came back. And when they came back, they brought smallpox with them. And the smallpox destroyed their entire tribe, their entire people group, which was the most deadly people group on the eastern seaboard of Native Americans. No one came into their territory that they did not kill them. And when those three ships landed and they came 
on ground. They first had to stop because they had been blown off course. And they had to rewrite their charter because they're landing in a different place than they said they were going to land. And when they came onto the shore, these two Native Americans came out and spoke to them in perfect English. Now you can say what you want to say and you can believe what you want to believe. But the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. There were a group of people that were on those ships called the Moravians. And Moravians prayed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for years for them to have a freedom, a place of freedom. They were on board those ships and they were praying and they were mocked and they were humiliated and they were kept under the decks of those ships. And they were trying to starve them. But while they were on those ships, they began to pray. And they asked God for food. And there are certain ways that those ships were made so that the water could come in and out of those ships. And all of a sudden, a wave hit the side of that ship. And that ship was filled with fish. And they had provision. You see, we live in this country and we don't know the true history that God set this thing up. God planned this only nation in the world under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, I'm telling you now, there are a lot of great nations and there are God's people, every nation, tongue, creed in the entire planet. Yes and amen. But there is no country like America. And God designed it. And we need to watch and pray and keep vigilance that our country remains one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen? Bow your heads. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for your kindness. Lord, I thank you that of all the places that I could have been born and to all the people I could have been born to, that you chose my parents and you chose this country. And Father, I believe that you create every man, woman, and child for a purpose and for a reason. And Father, I ran from my reason and I fled my reason and my purpose. But I thank you, God, that you were merciful to me and you allowed me to accomplish this day. Father, I pray as we enter into the seventh trumpet that you would open our ears and our eyes and let us hear and let us see and let us gain more knowledge and understanding of your word. We bless you today and we praise you. And I thank you for this weekend and what it means. But more than anything, I thank you for your precious son that came, bled and died, rose again on the third day so that we could all have life. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Today, we're going to be looking at going into the seventh trumpet. And if you have your, your book, your Bibles with you, your books with you, uh, you have your apps with you, let's go to Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 
through 19. And I want to dig in today, and we're going to be talking about the seventh trumpet. Now, I'm going to be going slow today. I'm not in a hurry today. And I'm not going to try to get into the birth of the woman and the child and the dragon because there's too much there. And if I get into that too early, it's going to be a big gap. So today we're going to just slow down. We might even get done a little early. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to let God be God today. Amen? So as we dig in today, the Bible says in chapter, excuse me, in verse 15, it says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying. There were loud voices in heaven saying. I'm going to tell you something. I almost brought one of my shofars out here to blow it today, but I thought I'm going to be kind and not pierce everybody's eardrums. But when this seventh trumpet sounds, it's going to be different than all the other trumpets because we all know that the seven is the number of God. It's the number of completion. And when this trumpet sounds, there is an end coming to a means. And we're going to go into something next week that's going to be incredible. But I just want you to listen to these words. Because it says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever. Amen. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. All the kings of the world, they all think that they're the the most powerful. Every one of them, if you put them all in a room, they're kind of like preachers. They're going to try to one-up each other. Every time you see the great powers come together, to me, and I'm just speaking simply from me, and I don't know these people personally, so I'm not bad-mouthing them, but I'm just saying what it appears to me is that there is an air of arrogance when you come into into the place of powerful people, mighty people. I have found more so people that think they're mighty and think they're powerful are even more arrogant, just saying. But there is coming a day, the Bible declares that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And let me tell you who's going to be in that great group. John Smith the founder of the Mormon church. Buddha is going to be on that. Hare Krishna is going to be there. Muhammad is going to be there. And every one of them are going to have to confess that they're not God, but you are. I am not God, but you are. And all the people that they have deceived and that they told this thing to and people believed it because people want to believe they're going to hear the truth, they're going to know the truth and the truth is not going to set them free at that point. The truth is going to condemn them at that point. Have you ever thought about it that way? As we dig into this today, I want us to see something. I'm going to present you something And the world is trying to tell you one thing, but I'm going to show you that the word is declaring quite another. So let's keep going. And the 24 elders who sat before God 
on their thrones, fell on their faces, and worshiped God. Now listen to what they said. We give you thanks, O Lord, God Almighty, the one who is and the one and who was and who is to come. Now it's not done. Because, listen to this, because you have taken your great power and reigned and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Everybody looks at Jesus as this guy hanging on a cross. I'll be honest with you, and I'm not, I'm not bashing anybody's belief system. You believe what you want to believe. You guys know how I am. But I despise to see Jesus on a cross. I just do. And we have, I have a lot of friends who are Catholic and a lot of friends that believe that, and I get it and I understand that. But I'm going to tell you, my Jesus is not on a cross anymore. My Jesus is on a throne, and he sits beside his Father in heaven. So the reason that I don't like to see it, it's not that I don't like, I love like the passion. I love that movie. It breaks me every time I watch it. It destroys me every time I watch it. It humbles me every time I watch it. But I watch it all the way to the end. Because he who was put on the cross came down. And he was put in a tomb. This is not Easter, but this is good. And he was put in a tomb. And his words were declared before he ever was hung on that cross. You will destroy this body, but in three days I will raise it up. And in three days this rock rolled away. And he came out of that grave. And he was alive. And what the accomplishments that he made while he was in the grave. He went to the prison house. And that's a whole other thing. I don't want to get too far off base here. But the things that he did, the things that he accomplished with his life, no man has ever nor will ever do. Because there is no name under heaven and earth by which man can be saved but the name of Jesus. No matter how hard you push, no matter how hard you try, no matter what you want to believe, in the end, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. Now, we wrap him up in a lot of things and we put him in boxes and we make him this and we make him that. But I'm going to tell you what, you don't make Jesus anything. If you're smart, you'll make him the Lord of your life. Amen. Now, here we see the four and 20 elders. They've fallen on their face. They're worshiping God. They're praising God. And they're saying, it's time. It's time for you in your reign to go and destroy those who are destroying the earth. Has anybody ever thought that God may have loved the earth? You ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that, that God loves people? Both are his creation, are they not? And we destroy this earth in so many ways. We tear it apart in so many ways just to gain more, 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 more. But that's what God told us to do. But he didn't tell us to do it in a foolish way. And see, that's the problem. Man has a way of looking at good things and making them bad. 
And he has a way of thinking himself smart when he's a fool. So listen to this as we go a little bit deeper. Verse 18. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged. You guys look around, you see how angry all these nations are? They're angry at each other. But wait until every nation is angry at God. You see, one of the reasons that God created languages was because of disobedience. The Tower of Babel was a place where they were building a a tower into heaven. And God looked at it and he said, they're of one mind and one accord. And if I don't intercede, if we don't intercede, there's nothing that will be impossible to them. Now we see those kind of words appear again in the second chapter of Acts when they're in the upper room and the Bible says that they're of one mind and one accord. When God's people finally figure this thing out and we get of one mind and one accord, we'll change the world. But we're not going to change the world as long as we keep separating ourselves over silly stuff. I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, I believe that. So what? Now I'm preaching today. It doesn't matter what you believe. Your truth is not relevant. The truth is relevant. We can look at any kind of truth and claim it as our truth. Well, that's the way I see it, so that's the way it is. Well, I'm sorry. But sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. I've looked at so many things in my life. I've studied so many books and scriptures and authors and different writers and concordances and I've looked at so many things so many different ways and every time I look at something all these people present such a good case I go like oh that's it it's right there it is right there and then I go back to believe it or not I go back to the Bible what a shame right I go back to the word and I look at it and when I start sifting it through the scripture not much comes out the other side because it just made me feel good. Let's keep going. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear you. Name, small, your name, those who fear your name, small and great. We all think about going to heaven. We all look at this. But these elders have spoken this and they've said this and they've been sitting in the presence of God and they're all on thrones. And as they speak, they say that it's time for rewards. I'm kind of pushing myself ahead a little bit and I don't want to go too far, but we're going to be studying here in a little bit what it means for us to get our rewards. You see, most people think that the the scripture that I was saying that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, that that is going to be where all people are being judged. But it's not. There's two judgments. There's a judgment of those, but there's also a judgment of rewards. And we're going to stand before God. And he's going to bring us up and he's going to give us crowns. 
And he's going to give us rewards. And I'm telling you this because you need to understand that these elders know what's coming and they're speaking it. And you need to know that you are going to be rewarded as a Christian. I was in a conversation with someone not long ago and and I was being asked about all the work I do around here. I love doing work around here. I love working on this place. I thank God for this place. But this is not what's getting me to heaven. This is not what's getting you to heaven. You understand that, right? Thank God for the building, amen? But the building didn't save us. Amen. Thank God for the building, but the building didn't save us. But we are to be stewards of this place. And so I looked at the Bible again, and I look at there's a time of talents, and the master gives one person one talent, and he gives another three talents, and he gives another one five. And then he comes back and he says, okay, what did you do with my talents that I gave you? What did you do with the gifts that I gave you? And the guy that got five doubled it and made 10. The guy that got three put two on top of it, so he had five. And when it came to the guy with one, he said, Lord, here's your talent that you gave me. I wrapped it in a napkin and I buried it and I hid it because I know what kind of person you are. You require something when you didn't put something in the ground. And he called him an evil and a wicked servant. He said, I gave you this talent to do something. He said, the very least you could have done was took it to the bank and got some interest. That's the least you could have done. But you didn't even do that. Now, I'm saying this to you and you're thinking, what in the world does this have to do with Revelation? Everything. Because we're talking about a time of reward. Listen, we don't work for God for a reward, but we're going to get one. We're going to get paid. That's the way it works. The Bible says the workman is worthy of his hire. Amen? And so what he's saying here is they're saying there's coming a time you're going to receive rewards, you're going to get something, and you're going to be paid, and I want you to be paid, and I've got something wonderful for you, and I just want to share this with you. I want to give back to you. You've given me your life. You've given me your time. You've given me your talent. So when I stand for God, let me turn it around. When you stand before God, which one do you want to be? You want to be the person with five, the person with three, or the person with one? All that's your choice. You get to do with it anything you want. Now, let me share this with you so that I can wrap this point up and move on to the next. This week, Becky and I had the opportunity to be on the phone with a very dear friend. And they were talking to us about sharing Jesus with somebody, and they didn't know how to handle a situation because it was a really tough situation, and it is a tough situation. And as we began to talk and as we began to share with each other, and Becky and I were we're chiming in, and we make a good team. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but we make a great team. She tells me what to do, and I do it. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm in church. I got to tell the truth, right? And so as we were having this conversation, I got it real simple. I said, let me break it down. Everybody thinks that because you're a Christian, you've got to know a bunch of big words 
and you've got to know a bunch of theological jargon. You've got to have all these phrases and you've got to be able to speak certain ways and you've got to be able to know all this and that and the other and you've got to pray so eloquently and all that's not true. If you can do that thing, great. But if you can't, this is what you need to do. There's a story of a man that was brought to Jesus and he was blind and Jesus healed him and he regained his sight. But he was an old child. In other words, he was grown. He was an adult. He was of age. But he still lived with his parents. When they found out that this healing took place by Jesus, the tribunal grabbed the parents and brought them in front of the court and said, what have you got to say for it? And he said, hey, it ain't got nothing to do with us. He's grown. Ask him. So his mama and daddy throwed him under the bus in my good old southern vernacular. And so they got him and they brought him in. And I want you to listen and learn how to handle these situations. He said to them when they asked him, did Jesus heal you? They started quizzing him and asking him all kinds of questions. You know what his answer was? Listen, I don't know about all that other stuff. All I know is this. I was blind, but now I see. You see the beauty in that? I can tell you what I was, and I can tell you who I am today. I can't tell you all the whys and the hows and the ifs and the ands and the buts and the ors. I don't know all that stuff. I can't tell you. But I can tell you the howie that I was is not the howie that I am. And I can tell you the one who did that for me, and I can introduce you to him, and he'll do it for you too. You see, there it is. That's as simple as it is. And we need to understand that to make sure that we're not getting that one and handing it back and acting like we did nothing, share your story. That's all you have to do. Share your story, where you've come from, what happened. It's not complicated. Everybody has a conversation with somebody. And when somebody asks you why you have hope, tell them, this is what I was, but this is who I am. Amen? I don't know if y'all liking that or not, but it felt good up here. Let's keep going. Now, this is the piece that I really want you to wrap your minds around today. Pay attention to this. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. Anybody seen Indiana Jones? That's one of my grandsons, one of his favorite movies. He loves Indiana Jones. My little grandson, I don't know about my big grandson, but my little grandson, both of them, they both like him. So I, I won. That part where they're opening up the Ark of the Covenant on Indiana Jones, and you see all the lightning and the stuff going around, where do you think they got that from? Right there. But I want you to know something. You can look all you want to look for the Ark of the Covenant. You can look everywhere in every nation, follow this word, follow that word, follow any word you want to. But if you look at the word, you'll find out where the Ark of the Covenant is. 
It's in the presence of God. It's his ark with his holy covenant. You see, people get so carried away with trying to find artifacts. I mean, let me break it down like this. Christians have a really bad habit of following signs, looking for signs, looking for things that are happening. Oh, it's over here. The Bible says, hey, when it says he's over here and he's over here and he's over here, don't follow after that. Don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in all these movements. Dig into the word because the word is where the truth is. I stand before you week after week and I tell you this constantly. Don't take my word for any of this. Look at the word. Look into the word. Read the word. Saturate yourself. We need to start giving them to Jesus. We need to start letting people go. If they want to go, let them go. If they don't want to listen, don't fight them. Our job is to plant and to water. It's up to God to give the increase. Amen? I want to thank you all for being here today. If you don't know Jesus and you're in this room, you can know him today. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.